So uh, Reverend Rachel Smith says that America suffers from what she calls gundamentalism, a uniquely American religious movement uh, devoid of true spiritual grounding. And she says the gun is actually an icon of fear, which I really like that, you know, that, that it's this mm-hmm. deep seated human fear that drives having a gun. Nobody pulls out a gun and points it at somebody else. And the person they're pointing at goes, oh, good, you have a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good, we're safer now. Like, it's a weapon of fear. Welcome to episode 233 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And as always, that good brew could be in your very own Pub Theology-like pint glass. You can get one of those while supplies last when you become a Patreon. At patreon.com slash ptlive, you'll get some extra content, like today, uh, us, us uh, tossing around our summer plans. And Shen and I realized that we have failed. We have failed as as tutors for Brian in how to plan summer with your family. Or more specifically, how to plan summer with your family without your family. So, so how to get out of summer with your family. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) While you're actually with them. So, so clearly based on the summer plans, Shannon and I have dropped the ball, but all that fun sort of dialogue in our uh, pre-show and we have post-show material, head over to patreon.com slash PT live. And as always, big thank you to our current sponsors and patrons. This is our summer send-off episode. Um, next week, Brian will be on sabbatical for mm-hmm. the summer. Yay, Brian. And um, we will be discussing our warm weather. Um, unfortunately, we will discuss yet again gun violence and this Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday. So, fellas, what are we drinking today? Um, I'm, I'm still in Barbados, so I'm still, I'm still uh, working uh, our local bank's uh, brewery um, award-winning Caribbean lager. Ooh. So there we go. Thanks. Cheers. Nice. Brian, what are you drinking? Well, uh, as I'm getting ready to uh, send my first one off to college and he'll be going north of the bridge in the Upper Peninsula, I'm drinking the Peninsula Hopper IPA, which features you know a depiction of the Mackinac Bridge and then the lower and upper peninsulas of Michigan, a journey I'll be coming familiar with soon. Nice. I understood most of those words. Um, a couple of weeks. A couple. Of I got. Weeks, I got bridge. That's it. Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was in North Carolina, and as always, I grabbed um, some local brews there. And one of my favorites um, from Mother Earth Brewing, the Weeping Willow Wit. So that's what I will be mm. drinking today. Yum um, yum. Brewed, nice uh, spring number. Yeah, brewed out of King Saint Saint Kingston. Nope. Just Kingston, North Carolina. That Saint was part of the street. That's that's uh, what happened with that pour there, Brian. I I failed on my pour. Those YouTube can see that I I got uh, three quarter of my glass initially was foam, and you know, 
that's not that's not a head on your beer. That's a headache. That is. There you go. And I forgot to say that this Peninsula Hopper IPA is brewed by Monkey Fist Brewing uh, up in Traverse City, Michigan. On to today's topics. So it's warming up where I am. I know it's warm where both of you are. So is there a temperature, date, or event that makes you feel like we've made the transition from spring to summer? Cool. So just want to say that this, you know, uh, question reminds me of Miss Congeniality where, or Miss, uh, what was it? Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, but when yep. you know what's her name gets on and like describe your best date, and she's like April twenty fifth, blah blah blah. <laughs> you know, anyway, yeah. um, that's what this question reminds me of. Um, I mean, Memorial Day weekend in my mind hits the like now we're in summer. Yeah, but I grew up in a place and a time. I, so I grew up in Kentucky, and school was out that week before. I thought Always. you were starting us on a long, I grew up in a time and place where I grew up summer in a time. was. Yeah, no, 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 no. But like it's Kentucky and Tennessee. So it's hot. Right. Like earlier and school was out like the week before Memorial Day weekend. And so like that in my mind is the transition of summer. But ever since I, I moved, I was seven years in New York and now I've been 10 years in Baltimore and school is not out until way like father's day weekend into june yeah yeah the end of june and so i'm like like in my mind it's still it's still this like tug of war going on in my mind right but it's not so much about temperature as it is you know that's when the pool opened that's when we were out for summer that's when you know summer started yeah and it feels like how useful is school during the month of june it's not (laughs) (laughs) it's not yeah uh, I think for me, it's if I don't if I don't have to put on even an extra light layer of clothing at night, then we're in summer. Because mm. yeah. you know we, we we might still have hot daytime temperatures, but in the evening, if it's like dropping into you know low sixties, high fifties, and I got to throw on a light jacket or a you know flannel shirt or something, we yeah we're not we're not hitting summer. So. Yeah, that, that's it for me. It's it's about the clothing, the layers. the layers. See, then then if you lived in upstate New York, and as I assure you did in Boston, like you hardly ever hit summer then. I was summer was say, that's summer was summer. August fifth. Right, it was like a week in August. <laughs> that's that's when summer happened. I was when you say, didn't need a light sweater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Well, I was thinking similarly, Ogan, but more actually during the day. So the daytime when I don't need that extra layer. And if I can do shorts and flip-flops and, you know, short sleeves all day and I don't need to throw something else on to stay warm, it feels like summer. Yeah, baby, yeah! So it was interesting when I left to come to Barbados. So we, as I talked about in the pre-show, it was maybe five weeks ago. Um, there were, there was, it was still that, like, some days it was warm enough that I could, you know, drive around with the top down yeah. and maybe a t-shirt or you know light sweatshirt or something the nights still had a little bit of chill to them so i come here where it's basically you know 80 82 is is the high we got a nice little breeze going so the humidity isn't overwhelming yeah um that sort of deal and i'm hearing about in dc like it's in the 90s and stuff 
And there's a piece of me that's like, oh man, I gotta, I, I'm going back literally to the melting pot. Yeah, now. to the like, it is hot. There's so much concrete, and there's no ocean breeze. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so happy about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I told you guys, I've got this plan in my head. Yeah, I'll, 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 I, I want to embrace the digital nomad life, and maybe I'll be in Barbados during the winter months, and then back up in the U.S. in the summer months. And now I'm thinking like, maybe I'll just do spring and fall in the U.S., you know, where yeah. where I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sweating, sweating every part of me off. Right. Or or, or at the very least, then maybe I'll, I'll time it so that I'll come back and visit my my friends in the, in the, in the lower, the, the southern states during spring and then, and then work my way north as right. it warms up. So yep. that like I'm 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 hitting my Massachusetts friends in the in the dead of summer where it it never gets oppressive. So right. maybe that'll be the plan. Yeah. There are other states that start with an M where there are friends. They'll be they'll be late spring. They'll be late spring. <laughs> I can handle I can handle Maryland in late spring. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. Maryland. I what? Who was thinking of Maryland? <laughs> you just blew right past it. Took you a second there, didn't it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we goodness. tend to favor M states, don't we? There you go. That's that yeah, is interesting. That is interesting. I think, yeah, we're going to do episode 300 in Maine or something. Yeah, there we go. I've never been to Maine. Well, there's nothing. Well, come on. I've heard otherwise. It's it's lovely. We could also go to Montana. Ooh, wow! Big Sky State. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. All right. Well, we're moving into uh, heavier stuff. Our last episode, Ogan and I were discussing the uh, horrific events that happened in Buffalo, and then last Tuesday, um, of course, uh, uh, horrible again beyond comprehension shooting in. Uvalde, Texas, in an elementary school. So just, you know, I guess this is just a space for us to give reaction to that and or when the F are we going to figure this out? Well, we we won't figure it out until we stop um, electing people for whom um, allowing the gun lobby to dictate their platform yeah. and their messaging until we stop electing those folks until... We stop really. Uh, I, this this relates to a later question, but and un, un, until we stop truly making guns the idol, mm-hmm. I mean the, yeah. the gun love and gun love culture in the U.S. is I mean, let's call it what it is. It's idolatry. Um, oh, for sure. So until that changes, but but really, it's about voting the people in the office. So I was like, you know, when the headline about how. Uh, in Canada, where they've decided to, um, what is it, um, um, freeze the imports, production, sale of handguns in Canada, where this did not happen. <laughs> right, right, right. But they're like, oh, did you just see another horrific mass shooting and murders in the U.S.? Let us put right. the freeze on handguns, right? which will likely go into effect in the fall. Yeah. In another country right. based on what's happened here. Of course. Yeah. Right. So so I, my reaction unfortunately was like 
I don't think I really, and I'm really, I don't want to say embarrassed, but to admit this, but I kind of didn't really have much of a reaction at all. There was, there were, I'm seeing the, you know, parents crying and wailing and, 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 and the profiles of the children and, 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 you know, as a parent, just imagine what that could be like. And, and, and I'm, I'm shedding some tears for that, but around everything else, I'm like, eh. cause yeah, if, if I, nothing happened after Sandy Hook. Yeah. Right. I, I right. can't, I, I had the same. I mean, my my emotional reaction mostly comes as a parent. I don't think you need to be a parent to have an emotional reaction. I mean, you know, right. but well, of course it it comes from that place for me and just um it, but the reports that come afterwards, right? An 18-year-old can buy an assault rifle in as many magazines as he wants and the you know police stood outside for 40 minutes because they couldn't come up with a plan where if they ran in all of them didn't end up dead you know oh oh but but let's be clear some officers went in to get their own kids to get their own kid and then came back out like i can't so none of by the way none of that surprises me like that is the part none of that is like one of those things where i'm you know um like that is just anger and rage and everything yeah, else yeah. um but, you know, also just statistically, something like 87% of Americans believe there should be a ban on assault rifles. Something like 80, it's mid to high 80s percent of Americans believe that there should be um, background checks and, you know, licenses and requirements of classes, like just like there is for driving or just like yeah. whatever. I mean, the the st- statistic wise, this is off the charts. No. You can't get that many people to agree on something ever, <laughs> like ever take a hundred people where like 87 of them all agree on something. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like why we haven't done it is it's, a, it's money and idolatry. That's all it is, which are the, you know, idolatry of guns and idolatry of money. So it really just comes down to idolatry. Yeah. It, you know, it, I think I learned about it from you, Shannon, you messaged you, are you guys seeing this? And it was a day we normally record, but we took the week off because Ogan had a funeral and my kid was graduating. We all had stuff. And so we're getting ready for my son to graduate from high school. And we learn about this and it just, it just, you're so tired of it. And it just like an elementary school shooting seems so idiotic and senseless and just like you just can't comprehend it like what is your goal here what is your you know like yeah it it just like and and you know like i just don't get it what threat were these kids to your life or your worldview or anything so so what also baffles me is the line of logic you hinted at shannon where they said yes an 18 year old could purchase a long gun pretty much almost any gun and the line that the that we heard from Texas officials is they've been able to do this for 60 years and we've not had this happen. So the problem isn't the law. And I want to say, well, OK, so maybe when you first implemented this 60 years ago and 50 years ago and 40 years ago, there weren't this level of mass shootings, but arguably there were shootings, but not to this level, this frequency. So again, the obvious question is, okay, but now that they're happening, why wouldn't it occur to you that, hmm, maybe this law isn't like, 
working as what well as we wanted laws, anymore. <laughs> what other laws were on the book 60 years ago that maybe aren't a great idea maybe. anymore? Yeah, I mean, maybe they haven't aged well. Hmm. I don't think your logic holds up there, quite frankly, no, Mr. Officer so Man. Oh my not gosh. not 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 so much. And my other favorite, my other favorite uh post that I saw on social media is so you know, everyone's everyone's favorite senator, Ted Cruz, is now making the rounds talking about like, yeah, let's have one one point of entry. Arm people at the point God. of entry, and, and we won't have this problem again. There so, was an armed guard at the school, like you, you know. Well, actually, there was an armed guard assigned to the school. He wasn't there that day because he's got a, a few schools he's got to look out for. So you also have to understand that, like, this is part of how, and I've said this on the show before. Like, I'm not being ignorant, but like, I can't read every piece of news about this, right? Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, sure, like, absolutely. You know, so so no, I don't know. And like, somebody else at church on Sunday was like oh my God, I feel horrible for the person who like left the door propped open to go out and make a phone call. And I was like, I didn't even hear that part of the story. Yeah. You know, cause I just have to, I have to. Oh, no, I, I'm with you. I tune in like yeah. every two, three days. And every time I do, there's like, there's like a slew of new pieces of information yes. that's coming right. that just make this worse and worse right. and worse. Right. right? Um, you, you know, how long they waited well, to go in. The, the parents that were detained trying to get in and then released and then went in and got the kids and got some of their kids out. Like right. like the, the the order to not go in against all the, you know, yes. the, the the procedures. Like, it was just going on and on and on. But so, but the whole thing, wait, let me let me finish yeah, this before yeah, we get to the, so there's, you know, he's on this campaign about like, you know, we got to have one point of entry, secure it, and all that sort of stuff. There was a woman who posted, who posted uh, it, it's a two picture post on Instagram. And the first picture is her at the NRA convention, which was still held, which of course he still spoke at. And she's like, she's like, sit in here at the NR, NRA convention to hear Ted Cruz speak and his, and, and also disproving his theory about armed guards, uh, um, armed guards as the cure for this sort of thing because i got in past security and i didn't pay for a ticket because i came through a side door or something so that's the first pose a couple of days later second pose so apparently the fbi called me about my last post <laughs> and we have a meeting set up so stay tuned nice oh i was like oh no plus didn't the nra make it uh, a gun-free zone for their oh event? yeah you, you're you're not Couldn't allowed to take gun. guns yeah uh, and and that's the ultimate irony yes. right it's like Hypocrisy. we want people to have guns because guns are safe and we have safe people out there oh yeah but you can't bring any to our convention right and and no one sees there sees the I, mixed I, message <laughs> i actually would guess that that is the convention center's rule and not the NRA. Oh. Well, also because there's also, uh, you know, past president attending. So there's also that right. as a security feature, right? As well, but you can buy guns and ammo there. So I don't know. Anyway, I just There was a great meme years. that about Trump being at this NRA convention. And it said, this just shows that if the NRA wanted to protect children from guns, they could do so. <laughs> or protect nice. a child. A child. Know, so it was a yeah. gun-free zone with Trump there. Anyway. Jesus. The only thing I was going to like, so my kids elementary school has every single classroom has its own outside door, mm. every single one. Nice. Nice. And it makes me think that like you could bar the inside door and escape outside. Right. Yeah. Every single classroom could do that. And 
it almost feels like I actually would say like I have the opposite reaction of that, which is like every classroom needs to have an escape, not just for fire, but also for safety where you, you could legitimately bar an inside door and like there's woods close enough to that. Our kids could, you know, like you could get out. Run to Um, the woods, children. I mean, really like. I hate to think of it, but yeah. But, uh, but the fact that we have to be coming up with these strategies. Right. By the way, yes. by the way, did you have you all watched Obi Wan? No. Yes. Nope. Yes, the opening scene. Nope. I, is hard because of this. Oh well, yeah. so was Stranger Things. Stranger Things oh, yeah. opening scene. They had a warning that said, "We filmed yep. this a year ago, and in light yeah. of you know, etc." Yeah. yeah. Disney didn't have a warning, and I like just immediately burst into tears. Like mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. I I like yeah. almost had to pause it. Yeah. So okay. just it's I mean the rest of it has is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I it get it. just I was like, oh my god! You've given you know. all of us the warning. Disney failed to. I did, or Thank it's you. if they warned me, then I didn't see it. <laughs> Let okay. me put it that way. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I think they had. I think they. I could be making this up, but I think they did have a warning. Okay. Maybe, maybe we watched maybe it. Like we literally watched it the morning it came out so i wonder yeah, if they we went did. back and added it you know did we yeah i think we did i think we did too or maybe maybe brian's right maybe i'm conflating it with a yeah, yeah, stranger stranger things. Things. yeah netflix we definitely don't, did that for stranger we don't watch stranger things what i know so i quit in like the second season oh, i had i just couldn't do it anymore <laughs> but i did that with Shit's creek and i went back to it so like maybe when it's all done i'll so try it again there's a chance I'm I'm fine with there being a chance, but I do need to wait until it's finished. Like I can't add anything more than I'm waiting for another season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or another episode. So, so one of the things that I saw on social media, uh, and this was just like a conservative friend, you know, friend in quotes, posting to Facebook, this line that, well, you know, the he showed a statistic about how many of these school shootings happen in public schools versus Christian private schools. And the point, and it was like 6%. Oh and the point he drew was, what are these public schools doing to teach kids that it's okay to shoot each other? It's because they've taken God out of the schools, prayer out of the schools, and they're teaching divisive, you know, things about race. Did you like, say this was my, a- my, I wanted to like, you know, delete, expel, like unfriend, block. <laughs> but then I saw that's what they're talking about on Fox News. On- right one American network. So he heard that and was parroting it that instead of addressing guns, they're freaking blaming the schools. Yep. Yes. Oh, that it's, is. It's definitely a six year old's fault that somebody came in with an assault rifle and it's killed them. It's definitely a second grade teacher's issue. Like they need to deal with this. At the, no, oh for fuck's sake. Makes me so and, sick. And it's, it's also a very, it's also a very white privileged narrative, right? Oh, because, course. because of course, if we don't like being in public schools, we can just put our kids in a safer private school. Of course, because everybody can afford private school. Nobody, nobody is, nobody is not in a private school because, oh yeah, we can all afford it. But yeah. And guess what? If you look, if you looked at the percentage of kids in public versus private, and then went by that, it'd probably be a lot closer than you think. It's simply the numbers are skewed that there's more kids in public school in this country. So of course that's where there's going to be more incidents. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yes. But, and, and also, and also, but also the, the legit, um financial piece sure. of it which yeah, yeah, yeah. is you know you charge enough you can you can hire 
armed guards, you, yeah. you can build enough security systems in, you know, you can, you can do that. That, that is real. Yep. However, that's not, that's not a, again, accessible to everyone and B not the damn point. <laughs> no. And this I, idea that we just need God back, like the, it's just this tired old thing that, uh, you know, Dylan hearing- Roof um, didn't have uh-huh. any problem, you know, finding a church and exactly attending Christianity in a way that taught him that maybe not taught him that what he did was okay, but definitely sent him on that path. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, a lot of the people, yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the kids, and and I'm sorry, I know he was 18. He's technically an adult, but he's a kid. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of these kids are raised in churches. They do have now. Maybe, maybe it's not the message of Christ that you necessarily think, but trust me, a lot of these people aren't given a message of Christ that I would give, but like, that's not the point. The point is that a lot of them are raised in the church and the church is the issue, not that it's godless schools. Yes. Yes. Say that. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, uh, Reverend Rachel Smith, um, I believe she's Presbyterian, but I could be wrong, says that America suffers from what she calls gundamentalism, a uniquely American religious movement uh, devoid of true spiritual grounding. She says a gun promises to let you live free from fear, but that then it turns us against each other, you know, and sort of seeing each other as threat first and forgetting that we belong to God and to each other and so on. Um, and she says the gun is actually an icon of fear, which I really like that, you know, that, that it's this mm-hmm. deep seated human fear that drives having a gun. So, yeah. What do you, what do you think about her assessment? I really like that naming it gundamentalism. Uh, I wonder what you guys think. Nobody, nobody pulls out a gun and points it at somebody else. And the person they're pointing at goes, Oh, good. You have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We're safer now. Like it's a weapon of fear. Of course it is. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And if, if you carry a gun, you're hoping to scare the other person. Like that's yeah. exactly what you want to do. Like, of course it is. Of course and, it's a weapon and, of fear. And it's been exacerbated by states that have the stand your ground laws, mm-hmm. right? It validates, mm-hmm. it validates more violence and murder on fear. I felt afraid that I was being threatened Therefore, I shot this person yeah. and possibly killed them. And that's a legal defense to not have any consequences for my Exactly. Act. Exactly. It, it is. Now, in terms of the term fundamentalism, it does not roll off the tongue, uh, the tongue as well as guns, babies, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so, you know. I get what she's going for. Or we might have to work on the on the brand in the room. No, really, uh, I like gun the fundamentals works, but fundamentalism is harder. Is it? Like, yeah, a fundamental so is like. I mean, I agree. I agree with it. Of course, it's just like you know, not the catchiest of words. Yeah, right, fair enough. Fair I enough. mean, listen. I what I really appreciate about this is like, I I think that we don't often name this that like. Yeah what the promise of guns is, is that you will live free from fear. And like, that is not a promise any of us can make. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a, um, and it certainly isn't a promise anybody can make in this world that we live in, that we will live free from fear. Um, now if you are like, there are 
things that we individually need to make happen in order to live free from fear, right? If you're in a abusive situation or if you're, you know, in a, even trying to move to a different part of the city or the country or whatever, I, I understand those things that there are some ways to help us feel and actually be safer. And on the other hand, what she's referring to, which is, I think what a lot of the gun lobby taps into is the emotional state right. that we want to be free. And guns, am, there's no thing that can promise that for us. Yeah, that's right. And I'm actually l- less afraid because there isn't a gun around because, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, so many so many of the gun deaths are accidental in the home. You know, the gun wasn't safely put away. Somebody found it. Some kid found it. Right. You know, show it to or friend, statistically you shot somebody in the middle of the night that you thought was a burglar that was thought was an intruder that was not and that was not and suicides yep right yep. leading leading method of suicide in zos is guns yep so so not having a gun around i know that none of those things are going to happen right yeah so and if, i feel safer yes and you know i'm getting ready to preach this sunday about you know about this including about this shooting this mass shooting in texas and i read that in grand rapids about 40 minutes from where i live two 13 year olds got into one of their grandfather's guns which he had stored in a dresser not locked and he accidentally shot his friend yep and he's dead yeah. a 13 year old for no reason right right and there's no explanation them, yeah people think it makes them safer this is so provably false yeah but but this is the power of storytelling and 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 narrative and 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 the the biggest narrative and the biggest story is we because of the the misuse and the mistelling of the the Second Amendment, um, gun ownership is inextricably tied to the story of America. Yeah, that's right. Right. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and yep. Um, I forget um, who said this. I think it was. You know, there's been a video clip of a conservative Supreme Court judge from a few years back making the rounds, speaking out against this level of gun ownership. And he says it's actually unconstitutional because the Second Amendment refers to well-regulated militia. And there's nothing well-regulated about what is happening here when we own, when there's more, there's more guns in the U.S. than there are people and 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 this is not included. This is not including the armed forces. We're talking about private gun ownership, yeah. right? And a militia right. tells you this is not for private self defense, right? Right. And a militia tells right. you that there's a specific threat. You mm-hmm. form your militia to repel the threat, and then mm-hmm. you're done. Yep, that's right. So, two things. One, the only person that um, you know really went into depth in this on Sunday was former military, a veteran, and, you know, is, is extremely anti-assault weapons. He was like, I was trained to use this, which is exactly why I'm against it, you know? Yeah. And, and we've seen that all over social media, like people that are, you know, like I'm trained on this weapon. It, it is absolutely meant for mass killing. That is, that is its sole purpose. Yep. Um, the other, and I'm sure I've told this on the, but like, again, the only way I get through these is to sometimes have some levity about it. Years ago, um, I was a part of a, I was serving a church that um, had a small youth group and they, they went to this um, kind of church 
youth group camp each summer. And it was a bunch of like small groups groups that got together, which was really great. And they worked on houses and whatever, but it was more theologically conservative. You know, each night back home group, we would kind of talk through theologically and undo everything they said that day, you know, <laughs> kind of deal. But, love it. but I was working, but you get, you get sent to work on these houses with different, all these different people. Um, you're not sent as a, as your own group. And that's part of the charm. Anyway, I'm, I'm literally painting a house with this man who's just, I mean, very, very conservative and um, is just probably around my age and whatever else. And he's going off about, you know, his Christian right to gun ownership and blah, 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 blah. And I just am like, you know, I don't agree. And this is what scripture says. And this is, he was a lay leader, not a pastor. And this is, you know, what's going on and whatever. And he's like, so you don't believe in the fifth amendment. And I was like, yeah, I actually think it's a very good idea that someone like you would stay silent on a stand if they were um, guilty. Yeah. And he goes, what are you what are you talking about? And I said, the Fifth Amendment, the right to remain silent so you don't incriminate yourself in a court of law. <laughs> he was like, he was like, what? He was like, I was talking about guns. I was like, that would be the Second Amendment. <laughs> and like, just, it was like the most poetic justice moment to set this man straight in that moment to be like, That's I am so smarter awesome. than you on all levels. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh, That's and it, you know, you can see how someone would say that because those are the two amendments that sort of people slip into like regular conversation. <laughs> like, come on, every movie has like, I take the fifth. Like I know. every, like, how would you not know? It's that? pretty bad. It's pretty anyway. bad. It yeah. just was my moment to be like, you're stupid. <laughs> the end, I'm moving on. <laughs> the end, I'm moving on. And speaking of the end, I'm moving on. Uh, recently on the church calendar was the ascension of Jesus. So maybe he said, I'm good, moving on. I'm out of here. So <laughs> enough of you people. Enough of you people. So discuss the historical and theological dimensions of the ascension of Jesus, which of course paves the way for the sending of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. So we could fold both of those in. If, if well, we I mean, speaking of other narratives that I think have served their time, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there. Okay. All right. It's a, it's a weird, it, it's a weird story and a long line of weird stories, right? Like <laughs> it is one of my favorite, like, um, shine Jesus shine moments. Like it's yeah. what, like, I imagine Jesus in the white dazzly robe ascending just, it's also yeah. like one of the beautiful it's a beautiful story and like the, the the words around the story are quite beautiful i love um it's it's in a sermon that i've preached over and over again but like the words i can't get rid of of the ascension story are like after jesus had blessed them then the disciples went and returned to the contempt to the temple and we're continually blessing God. And it's just a really beautiful turn of phrase that like the first things the mm. disciples do after Jesus goes again is to continually bless God in the temple. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful turn of phrase. That is cool. And also in, in Matthew's gospel, his telling of it, it talks about, uh, this is Matthew 28, where it says some worshiped and then it, or it said the disciples worshiped him, but some doubted. So yeah. I love that there's that sort of insertion right there. Ambiguity there. Right yeah. there in the gospel that, you know, there was still sort of a wrestling with, with what did this whole experience of Jesus mean? And to me, that's a real invitation to all of us that, you know, our views on these things don't have to be cut and dried. 
I think I think the doubts came from the unanswered question of why would you come back in the first place? You know, like like your your first exit when you were, you know, filleted, scourged, crucified, murdered wasn't great. Why would you a come back? And then I have other follow up questions. Like, so, OK, let's just let's but let's um, hold on. Let's dissect that one. No, 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 because yeah. I want to be clear about about the story. Because if you combine all the stories, the narrative is, is that he had not yet ascended. So it's not like he went to heaven, came down again for 50 days and then went back up. No, no. he. Well, no, I I agree. Agree. You know, he he descended into hell. But the return from the dead. The return from the dead dead is what I'm talking about. Right. No, no, no. And I I get that. And then, but, but, and again, you know, to stick around, it's very clear in scripture that he stuck around for 50 days and we get like two stories. Yes. You know, exactly. and I'm like, we get three years and then we get all these stories. You know, you know what I think was happening? I think he he because now he could just like teleport at will. Yeah, I think he was he was doing a world tour. Oh, I think he's like I've been, in I've Paris. Been, I've been stuck in the I've been stuck in the Middle East this whole time. Yeah. And now yeah. that I am, I can a teleport and B I'm not human. So I'm virtually invincible. <laughs> let me go. Let me go see some other places. I think this might be why this might be when, because there is, there is an interest in, in the native American tradition narrative around Jesus appearing yeah. as well. So I'm thinking so, he was like, let me, let me go hit some places. So he was like Santa Claus for 50 days. Ooh. He was, he was being a nomad. Jesus yeah. was being the OG digital nomad. I can see it. And um, actually, that would make me like it a little more. Let me go work from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, you know, zoom into places. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There, exactly. there you go. There that you go. Is- and then my, my other follow-up question is, is, okay, what was the deciding factor of, all right, I think I'm good. Like was was stuff yeah. in heaven not ready not ready yet? Right, right. your room was, was, wasn't ready yet. Right, gotta... this was this palatialist. When it was one of the one of the castle. The what is the what is the scripture? Uh, I go to prepare a place for you, and there's something like uh, a in, room with in, many a uh, mansion yeah. with many rooms or whatever it was. Was yeah. yeah, was his room not ready? One, yeah, his room wasn't ready. <laughs> or 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 he came back, or you know he's walking. His dwelling around. place wasn't ready, depending on what what version you read. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or is he like, was he thinking, you know what? My work wasn't done. They didn't quite get it. I got to come back and do some more See, teaching. Okay. And then, and then he was like, you know what? There, there, there's no length of time I can stay here that they're going to get this. So I do think that's I'm a out. little bit of it. Like, let's, okay, let's, let's follow that for a second. Because that to me has, is one of the more interesting narratives. Is that like, I spent three years with you people and you're still struggling. Yeah. I'm going to, you're going to get me for like, um, six weeks, right? Like yeah. six weeks, we're going to be together and I'm going to cram it all in again. And if you don't get it that time, there is no hope for you. That's right. I, and I'm coming, I mean, I'm coming with more power and pizzazz. So, so like, right. like if you had any doubts before, white. right. Got dazzled and white. I'm back from the dead. If you, if you, if you're yeah. not believing yet, Right. Yeah. And interestingly enough, people are still doubting. People are still doubting. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I gave you three days, sort of a test run. You didn't figure right. it out. So I'm back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went away. And in those three days, all you did was cower in your rooms and, and bemoan yourselves. So Except that's why I'm not checking email that first two weeks on sabbatical. What? Wait, wait, wait. Two weeks? The whole time, the whole man. Time. What? The whole 
I mean, the whole time. Don't. Oh, my God. We have taught you nothing. Taught you nothing. Uh, I'm not kidding. That email is off the whole time. The whole first time. two weeks, my whole ass. time. Set up oh. that vacation message for you it to whoever, whoever's okay. running the place when you're gone. There and you, you you're there done. You Here's what Jesus should have done. Here's what I did. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I Jesus, gave, I hope you're listening. <laughs> so you, Brian, Ogan and I will gladly do this with you, but I do recommend Christy. Um, Derek changed all my passwords, wrote it down, mm. on, wrote them down in an envelope. Nice. sealed the envelope we put it in our safe deposit box and like <laughs> it was you I know an emergency break glass situation nice. right that he got to determine if there was, was an the emergency. emergency yep um but he got to change all my passwords so i couldn't even like accidentally look at it yeah you might need some help brian yeah and jesus came back and was like where's my passwords exactly <laughs> Jesus is like, I got to go to Alexandria for a while because, you know, you know, exactly. it's the only place that has good Wi-Fi around here. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, they were more advanced, but, you know. Oh, man. Well, all right. So this coming Sunday is Pentecost. And I've got a little background here. Uh, many Christians, of course, recognize the descent of the Holy Spirit as the birth of the church. And there's a couple of different names in different countries. In the United Kingdom, Pentecost is known as Whit Sunday, which I like, generally attributed to the white garments formerly worn by candidates for baptism. Just has a nice sound, Whit Sunday. In Germany, Pentecost is called Finksten and coincides with the beginning of many outdoor and springtime activities. I don't know. So, do we need a new name for Pentecost? Do we kind of get to drink no. wit beer on Wit Sunday? Yeah. Oh, there a you wit, go. A Belgian wit. Oh. You know, I, I'll say this. I say this. So, reading this question, um, I was like, "This is some like real stupid, made up bullshit." And then at the same point in time, I was going, "Then there's this other voice in my head that goes, so does that mean that you are anti-ritual?'" And I was like, "Huh." Because right, mm. rit- rituals are so important. They're so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, they convey the stories, the message. They're, they're, they create a sense of belonging. They're, they're, they're how people find connection and bonding with each other. So, yeah, we can't, we can't dispel ritual. And at the same yeah. time, it's like, what different... What difference does it make? What color we're wearing? Right, you know, for so, sure, for sure. So I would and, say this, though, yeah, for right. sure... For sure, I don't think we need a new name. I like if no. other places have their traditions, like that's great. But I don't, I don't think we need to change our name. Yeah. But you know, Ogan, you just said that. What does it matter what color you wear? And and I'm not gonna. I'm actually. This is not a like calling out moment. But like I noticed in your father's funeral thing, it was mm-hmm. like the color is white or whatever. Yes. Is that a tradition? Like we, I <laughs> wonder. Listen. listen. That's, is that just something that, your family does, or was that a tradition that that was a request by my mother at the last minute? Oh, okay. and it was it was a whole emotional, it was a whole listen, this whole time I was very clear to have um that extra dose of grace for myself and my mother. And I could tell that she was struggling very emotionally, but also really not equipped to express that emotional struggle. And it was, you know, leaking out in all sorts of different ways and places. And I'm like, you know what? extra grace, extra space. And the one argument we got in, one argument we got in was around planning a family meeting to discuss the details of the funeral. 
boy. Okay. We had this family meeting on Sunday. The funeral details were due to the funeral home on Wednesday. So we had, and I said, I said, uh, I know that when when weekdays happen, everybody's schedule is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Sunday is the one day where no one's working. Yeah, nothing's yeah. going on. Let's have this meeting Sunday to discuss the details. We had the meeting Sunday. We discussed details. We came up with details on Monday. My sister and I, who were the ones who were mainly in communication with the funeral home, gave them the details. Tuesday, my mother goes, wait, y'all did what? I was like, we sent them the details, but they weren't due till Wednesday. I was like, well, doesn't mean we wait till Wednesday to right. hand them in. Right. She goes, well, I thought we were going to be like finalizing things. I say, yes, that was the meeting on Sunday. Oh, and she just lost, like she went off on me about how we had this, this family meeting, but she didn't understand that's when we were actually making the final decisions. And she thought we were going to do that later. I was like, well, when, when was the later we were going to do this? Right. And it was a whole thing. And, and, and I realized that I lost the thread of grace in that moment and I'm yelling at her. She's yelling at me. It's the whole thing. And after, after like a five good solid scream at each other, I go, shit. Like, what, what, what are we yelling at each other about? Right, right. Right. And I said, listen, okay, then fine. You call them in the morning. If this right. is the thing you want to happen, you call them and yeah. you call them and you make sure that they understand what you want put in this notice. But sure, go ahead, do it. We yeah. still got time. We weren't arguing about if it was too late. We we're arguing about right. her understand. So it was, a, so she, so she requested this. And I said, are you going to be okay when everybody does not show up in white? <laughs> Because right. I can guarantee you that's right. not going to happen because people are people. Too late. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are, are you going to be okay? She, I guess. I was, all right. Just as long as you keep those expectations. Like, right. But that was her thing. So, so no, it is, it is not a custom here. At yeah. least not. It might be a recent one, but in my entirety of life growing up, like you wore black to a funeral. You wore yeah. the darkest, right. dingy, not dingiest, but the darkest, right. most yeah, yeah. formal thing you could find. You had, yeah. Right. You wore, that's what you wore. Even my brother rolled in and when he heard this message, he's like, wait, so like the one black suit that I have, the only suit that I have this black, I don't get to wear that. Right. right. Like, and I was like, you can wear whatever you want. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I okay. said, I, I didn't know what that was about, but I, I actually kind of, you know, like I, I know that. And and her phrase was, I think it'd look good to look out and see a sea of white. So I think this was basically a whole like yeah. aesthetic the thing aesthetic. for her, uh, Yeah. which I'm not mad at. You can, you can request what you want. <laughs> right. 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 No, it just, it's one of those things that it got me thinking about this whole idea, you know, like some people wear red on Pentecost to church you know, mm-hmm. like um, our drummer thought it was Pentecost last Sunday and he was like, oh, I rolled out my red shirt for no reason, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and and I don't own red. So I, yeah. I always joke that I wear blue on Pentecost because blue flame burns hotter than red flame. And so, you know, <laughs> surely, surely the spirit would have been the, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, white flame burns hotter than both of them. So, you know, nonetheless. Hey, yo. That's um, why Jesus wore white. That's why Jesus wore white. Anyway, it just, it's, it's just interesting, you know, like I think church, you know, some people, some churches like have a birthday cake and like sing happy birthday to the church. Really? Yeah. That's like a thing. That's like a tradition in some churches. Um, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see that. Um, I like, there was this article. Oh God, I can't remember who it was um, a couple of years ago. 
I think it was in the Christian century that talked about um, Pentecost as a completion of Babel. It was a really beautiful article. Mm. And like, that's how I more think of it now as like the yeah. uniting of, um, of, a, of a people that were once divided. And yeah. if we looked at it that way, that's, that's a, if that's the purpose of the church, if that's what the church is, is formed around of a uniting of a people that were once divided, like that's a beautiful thing. But, but that's not really what happened because, because if that's the official start of the church, then it's also the official start of the multiple Christianities that began to evolve. So, well, so there wasn't really a uniting. We're getting ahead of the story. In the, mo- in the moment. It, well, actually, I'm going to argue with that. And, and we can argue about this in the fall of like, then I think our definitions of unity might be different, you know. Oh. Meaning, in, 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 go ahead. Like uniting doesn't mean the same, but a, a bringing together for a common purpose, you know. Right. But yeah, but even the purposes, I would argue even the purposes were continue to, to to splinter it off yes over time Def, of course yeah but the common but even too, was... i don't i don't i don't i don't know that i don't know that there was a a a, a, a same uh not sameness but a, a commonality of yeah, purpose we we probably look at it through rose-colored glasses a little bit you know the early days of the church as told in acts but you're right we know that Pretty early on, there were several factions with differing views about who Jesus was or what it meant. Right. Because then Paul Roland was like, I had an experience. I'm de facto lead a church. And, and Jesus' brother James was like, who? No, dude, get get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. And he's like, well, fine. I'm going to go and do my own thing. And 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 that, right. So so I, I, I get what you're saying in terms I get what you're saying in terms of this was this was a, a, a visual and 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 symbolic um, an, um, I guess demonstration of of Holy Spirit is 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 your conduit. Like this is this is the one thing that's that's that, that whether you believe or doubted whatever. Here here's here's a sign that this is a universal message. That this is a yeah. universal teaching. That yeah. this applies to everyone. So from that perspective, sure, I, I I get that. But but I think it was the beginning of the mess of the church <laughs> that continues well, to this day. I I don't you know. It's yeah. like with anything else. I don't know that there was ever really a truly <laughs> yeah. non-messy moment. It's it's humanity right. and religion. Right. Like, what are you going to, there's no perfect perfection in that. No. no. And I mean, so given the, you know, historical, you know, significance of Pentecost as the, you know, supposed birth of the church, you know, how important do people in at large, like regular churchgoers or people who are marginally connected to church, how much do they think about Pentecost? Like to me, it feels like it ranks third at best behind Christmas and Easter. Like nobody's like, ooh, Pentecost. Like can't I don't wait, uh... I don't think that would be true. I don't know what would rank third, but I don't know that yeah, I wouldn't even put Pen- right, Pentecost so probably like not even third. Or seventh. Yeah, no, right. No, right. No, I mean, it might be, but like I I think Christmas and Easter are here and everything else is down here. Like no, that's fair. you know. I, I just don't think that Pentecost, I mean, I think that, I think that people might name, I mean, I don't think they would name baptism of the Lord, but I think they would name baptism in some way, you know? So if mm-hmm. there was a third, I would name that one, but I, I don't think, 
But they're being like, just, where's turning wine from water Sunday? They're like, I want to <laughs> be there that Sunday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which, which I don't know. It wasn't a big open deal. bar Sunday. As weird as it sounds, I grew up in Southern Baptist Evangelical. Like Pentecost wasn't a big deal. Right, like yeah. church, right. church Sunday, you know, church occasions like that weren't big deals. Um, it wasn't until, you know, I became Presbyterian that I even like heard of Pentecost. I mean, I'd heard of the Pentecostal church. That's different, very different right, right, than, right, right, you know, right. um, but I, I had no idea that Pentecost was like an event in the church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we, I remember growing up and, and there was a, there was a lesson on it. Right. But there wasn't, there wasn't a ritual around it. There wasn't, yeah, the, there was no ritual. It wasn't the lead it. up, the build up. Mm-hmm. You know, and that talk about ascension didn't necessarily happen on the day, you know, no, 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 no. anytime after Easter. These were all just known you know. things kind of deal, yeah. right? They were stories. They were just, they everyone were, gets Rosetta Stone under the tree on Pentecost. There you, go. I mean, you know, there it goes. A Duolingo account. <laughs> so this As, Sunday, because it's my last Sunday before sabbatical, uh, we're doing a spring picnic after the service. So we have outdoor activities. So maybe we'll just call it Finkston, like our German siblings. I feel like yeah, you could mispronounce well. that very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a bad way. <laughs> wow. Yes. I think uh, I think I think this should be the Sunday that you give the most controversial talk that <laughs> you've been holding back on. And then you mic drop and be like, I'm out. Exactly. Exactly. Like anything you've been afraid to say so far or hesitated or doubted, if you've been in that position, like worried about, like, this is the Sunday to do that. And then Um, I just want to get all the email passwords. Yeah. See if there's a job when I get (laughs) that. That is absolutely the wrong thing to do. And um, because you don't, because you, you know, you don't have the responsibility of if you don't go back for a year, um, the, or the, if the church fires you, they would have to pay back $50,000. So, you know, that, that I, I would not recommend you doing that. So with agree to disagree (laughs) with that, friends, we are off for the summer because because summer is from Memorial Day to Labor Day, whether we like it or not. That's the rules and we're sticking to it. So we will be back live after um, Labor Day weekend. So sometime the second week of September, we will see you again. And until then, thank you for tuning into Pub Theology Live. Remember, you can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. You know what? If you become a supporter this summer, I'm going to send you a pint class because I'm nice like that. So um, go ahead and, and sign up for that this summer, even though we're not around. Get access to pre or post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And of course, a big thank you to our current patrons. It'd actually be a good time to sign up and catch up on a lot catch of the pre post show. I mean, it, it will be all dated, but still funny as hell. We are never outdated. <laughs> Agree to agree. <laughs> you can listen to us anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, much to their dismay. Our top cities this week are New Orleans, Dallas, and Roaring River, North Carolina. That Woo-hoo. actually sounds like a place I want to live. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook in September. Um, we don't know what time. We'll be back. We'll let you know. Find your creative pub theology in your town. Learn more at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Well, I'll miss you guys. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I will. Okay, that but means, seriously, no work. Don't. No work. <laughs> no work. All right. Period. <laughs>